Hello, 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 everybody, and happy Friday. It is the weekend, and I am Alvin King, and I am hosting my own show. He said, he said, he said, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for being here. Happy Friday to everybody. Whoa, um, I wanna, I, 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 I'm, I'm sure I'm gonna have a whole bunch of thank yous to do um, before, before we go, I mean, before I get through this whole hour, but it is the premiere of He Said, He Said, He Said, got the world from a seasoned black man perspective, ladies and gentlemen. Wow, I cannot believe that, that I am here and I am so happy to have this platform from, from uh, NNPA. Um, I'm feeling a little nervous and overwhelmed because we was trying to get everything together. And of course, as, as everything goes, there's always a glitch here and there to, um, to do what we have to do. But I am uh, about to give you a show, ladies and gentlemen, that, that we hope and that we know will be compelling, is going to be controversial, and is going to be provocative. We're going, to, we're going to give you all of that. But before we do that, let me tell you a little bit about myself. Again, my name is Alvin King. I am a native Washingtonian. And um, I, most people know me actually through event planning or because I've been producing fashion shows for over 30 years. I have worked with every major organization um, around the world from the National Council of Negro Women to the Congressional Black Caucus to the Make-A-Wish Foundation, even to the National um, Association of, of Black Journalists. I created a show for them at the New York Hilton where I honored all of the top Black models in America and even the top Black designers in America. So I have had a fruitful life in the fashion industry and I really do appreciate all the support and, and that everyone has, has given me. Hey, Derwin, how you doing? Um, I know there's a lot. Hey, Solomon, how you doing? Um, I know there's going to be a lot of people joining us um, and everything, but I, I want to let you know that the show that, that, that we're going to, to bring you, there will be guest artists. There will be a lot of genre-driven topics that will bring on uh, some celebrities. Um, some people who are not celebrities, but in their genre, they are making impact on the world. Hey, Danielle, how you doing? And we hope that you will stick with us because we really do have a major platform that we want to present to you. How you doing, Sean? I mean, hey, Marsha, people are coming in from around the world. There are people on here as far away as Antigua uh, on, on, on coming in for, for the show. And I am so grateful um, to all of you. Um, but as the show says, it is, he said, he said, he said. And if many of you know me, like you know me, I am not a one hit wonder. I don't do everything that I do alone. I definitely have beautiful people around me. Hey, Annette, I have people around me. Hey, Shalita, I have people around me who work hard, who are dedicated to everything that they do. And tonight is no exception. So without further delay, I'm going to introduce you to my first uh, co-host. Um, he's born in New York from Jamaica, Queens, and he was raised in North Carolina and made his way to the West Coast where he's been for 33 years. He's a seasoned human resources executive for CPSHR, a public agency which serves government agencies and nonprofit organizations all across the country. He currently serves as the diversity, equity, and inclusion uh, learning education team training lead for his organization. A frequent speaker, trainer, and presenter, he also finds time to balance his life as a professional model, He's an herbal life nutrition, health and wellness coach and a leadership development transformation coach with the Elevation Training Academy. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the He Said, He Said platform, my first co-host, Mr. Jacques Winfield. Come on in here, Jacques. Hey, how's it going? How you doing? How you doing? I'm awesome. <laughs> Greetings from the West Coast. I'm joining you today from Oakland, California for our inaugural show and alan uh, uh just a major kudos to you alvin for what you're doing for putting together this amazing collaboration and it's going to be i'm so excited to be here as you can see 
Well, I know that, yes, you're in the West Coast, but you just left the East Coast because you, you were here with family. How, how, has all, how did all that go? Everything is okay with family? Family's good? And you're back at home safe? So thank you for asking. Family is amazing, as you, uh, as you, and, as you and I alluded to. Uh, yes, I've been. I'm actually bi-coastal, so I'm going back and forth between the Golden State of California and the Tar Heel State of North Carolina, supporting uh, my mother who uh, is recovering from a stroke. She had a stroke over a year ago. And, um, you know, and I hope this is a subject that we talk about on our show in terms of when the children take the role of the parents and the parents take the role of children. So I am living through that transition right now. Thank God it's going successfully. Mom is doing great. I will be out for California. I will be out here in California for 10 days. And then I go back to North Carolina for another, you know, five to six weeks supporting my mother's healing and recovery. Well, I'm sure our topic uh, for this week, facing your fears, will play into some of that because uh, I I can't imagine doing what you're doing without having some of that, you know, come upon you, the word fear. Absolutely. I'm going to introduce our second, I'm sorry, our second, my second co-host, and we're going to call him the the third of the three degrees. Um, My next co-host is Philadelphia born, and he left the city of brotherly love at the age of 12, and he was raised in the Philippines. After leaving the Philippines, uh, he moved to California to, to attend a university where he received his degree from the Haas School of Business at UC Berkeley. His professional journey through systems consulting, consumer behavior, technology sales and analysis eventually uh, led him back to his passion, which is film, television, and radio production. Vosh, and you will see his name and want to say Vash, but it is Vosh, okay? Vosh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, is an activist for the Intersect community and a life coach. He also hosts his own Apple podcast entitled... TV Talk with Vosh and has his own blog called Just Vosh. Welcome to the He Said, He Said, He Said inaugural show, Mr. Vosh Bodhi. Come on in here, Vosh. (laughs) How you doing? Hey, hey. I am doing so well, Alvin. And I have to just reiterate what we've been saying for these past weeks. Congratulations for bringing us all together, for doing something that we really truly believe will will be revolutionary. It's just so great to be with such great minds like you and John, to just get together and just talk about everything from our perspective, you know, which is something that we haven't really seen. So I'm so excited to be here. Well, thank you, glad to have you. And it's always amazing when someone introduces you and they do it in a way that you barely recognize yourself. You gave me a great introduction. I really appreciate that. You're welcome. You're welcome. I, I want everybody to know that my, my, my two co-hosts, um, if, um, if you all can see them, um, this is something that we have been talking about since uh, August of last year. This just did not come about. And for those of you who have been sending me emails and asking where I've been uh, since I left um, DCTV, I just wanted you to know, let me clear the record, let, let, let me clear it. I left DCTV because it was time to go. I needed to, you know, do something. I didn't know what it was. So I packed my fears in a bag and I, I left. And when I did that, I became creative enough to write a, um, a script for this show, which is He Said, He Said, He Said, and that's when I found Vosh and, and Jacques. And here we are, ladies and gentlemen, doing our premiere show a little over a year um, a- after I left. So I'm so grateful to have you here. So I, I want to ask you guys something in our little chat before we start. Our topic today is facing our fears. And if I recall, it was around this time a year ago when we started getting all of the announcements that something was coming that but basically we just need to keep our mouth covered and and not breathe and then next thing you know we were on uh we were quarantined tell me what that was like for you tell me uh one of you tell me what that was like for you i'd be happy to go first go ahead go ahead i was i was actually working in the bay area and um so it's interesting alvin because my mother had a stroke in february of two uh, of 2020 so I flew out from California to uh, North Carolina. 
Um, and I heard like the, the background noise was this pandemic. But honestly, I wasn't really paying attention because, you know, I was focused on my mom. I ended up flying back to California and I got here like March 1st. And it was March 17th that the actual stay at home orders and all of these things. And I happen to live in California and we believe in science in California. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. it was, uh, you know, as we're getting the news and the public health organizations are coordinating with local governments, um, and I work in government, it was, mm -hmm. it was really sobering. Um, when at first I'm like, oh, this is not a thing. Then when this became a thing. And then I remember, shout out to Mayor London Reed of San Francisco, who was one of the first, uh, you know, public officials to really, you know, um, affirmatively take steps to protect the public. And then that was followed by Los Angeles, Sacramento, then our governor, Gavin Newsom. And although yeah. they've all received criticism, yeah. I give the major kudos because yeah. that was a very fearful place because we didn't yeah. have, you know, there was no blueprint, there was no roadmap. The last time this happened was a hundred years right. ago and we didn't have access to that. But so as just like a regular guy who's mm -hmm. trying to work and navigate in this space and I have kids, it was very frightening. It was very, very frightening. Yeah, the, the West Coast was um, hit pretty hard, particularly compared, compared to New York. How about you, Vash? How, how, how was it for you? I just have to say it's been really incredibly serendipitous. Um, I was actually on January 10th leaving to go and do some traveling. And the day I was leaving, I got a call from my aunt to you know come and check on my mom. Uh, like Jacques, I'm, I'm involved with my mom's care. She's uh, dealing with dementia, which you know I think this is the first time I've said it really truly publicly. So if anyone's family members are listening and you're hearing it, well, you know, reach out. Um, but I got a call that I should come and check on my mom. So as I went to travel for an extended trip, it was supposed to be a nine month trip. I came back a month later. So I came back to the United States on February 10th, uh, which was about the time that the coronavirus started really taking a stronghold. So serendipitously, I came back to the United States, whereas I would have been locked out of the United States and really put into a situation where as the world shut down, I would have been unable to do anything where I was going. Uh, and as my mother's condition switched, I was the only person, there was a time when I was the only person allowed to go in to see her, which meant that no other family member would have been able to care for her and she mm -hmm. would have suffered dramatically based on her condition without any support. So mm -hmm. serendipitously, I have been put here to really be able to you know, care for my mother in a way that she would not have been able to get care any other way. So yeah, it is, it, you it know, is you'll been, find this it, out about me uh, as we go through this process that I tend mm -hmm. to be extremely uh, optimistic in things and I always find the good in it. So. Yeah, well, it, it, it has been crazy. And, and let me say to everybody who's listening, we, we've had we were having just some slight um, technical difficulties um, with, 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 with our sound. Please bear with us because the show will go on and, and we will we will keep uh, moving forward. Um, myself personally, you know, um, I have um, I, I work in protective services at, at my job. And so um, I kind of knew that something was coming. So I had an idea of, of the severity of what was about to hit, but still, because when it hit, still, I was still like, I cannot believe that this is happening. So, um, but like most things and what we're gonna talk about today, facing our fears, fear did come into play a lot and has come into play a lot um, since this pandemic has began. So I'm going to um, you know, move on and, and get into our topic for, for tonight, uh, if, if everybody's ready. Is everybody ready? Yes, sir. Okay. Um, I, I'm going to give like a little brief overview, everybody. Um, feel the fear and do it anyway. Okay. Um, fear can only win and get the best of you if you don't take action and push forward. One of the easiest things that you can do to ensure that you never let fear hold you back from, 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 the, from this point moving forward is to feel the fear and just proceed and do the task anyway. 
our show tonight, actually, ladies and gentlemen, um, has I've been inspired. We've been inspired by uh, a gentleman by by the name of um, Trent Shelton, who's a former NFL a wide receiver um, who's interna an internationally successful motivational speaker who we love. And so um, I'm actually inspired to have this show based on, 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 on one of his shows. And so I wanted to share with you because one of our mottos is if it's happening to us, it's happening to you. OK, so I just want to let, let you know that this is how this topic ha has has derived. So I want to jump right in and let you let you all know we're going to talk about three types of fears tonight. Tonight, we're going to talk about three types of fears that I know has impacted me personally as an as a human being. And as a 61 year old man, I still sometimes go back and forth with it because fear can sometimes uh, paralyze you. So here's, here's our first. We're, we're going to talk about performance fear. And that's a fear of not measuring up. Okay? And I don't know about y'all, but it started hitting me when I was, three, when I was uh, in elementary school that I didn't measure up. So I, I'm going to ask you all the question. Um, and it's regarding your self-worth. Um, is, 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 is your self-worth dependent upon your performance? Would you say that? Would you would you would you say that your self worth is dependent upon your performance? From because eight, I would say I would no. say that it's I would say that as an adult it's not, but as a child, uh, I mean, tell me, because that's really where it starts. So for me, um, Alvin, I love this question. So from age seven to age fifty, <laughs> if I'm being completely transparent, I'm fifty seven. So from age seven, six or seven to age 50, I would have said, uh, or I will say absolutely, because my, my whole frame of reference on whether I am loved, whether I'm acknowledged, whether I'm accepted, is how well I performed for my family, for my extended family, for my loved ones. I was very much of the people pleaser mindset. And you know, growing up, I'm the last of the baby boomers. Uh, mm -hmm. So I feel like I'm in really good company with you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, but, you know, we came into the world when it was mm -hmm. all about performance. And for me, I mean, if I'm even more transparent and from a, you know, multiracial background, born in New York City, growing up in North Carolina and not having the language to accurately reflect and say what's going on and not even given to the fact of like orientate, sexual orientation issues that I didn't have the language for, you know, being transplanted in the South and they mm -hmm. talked and spoke differently from me. I was Catholic, they were Protestant, didn't have the language for all of those things. And for me, there was, I was so paralyzed with fear that, and that, 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 that core fear was, if you really knew me, would you love and accept me? And I'll say right. I carry that fear uh, pretty much until uh, it was completely gone by age 50. It started shedding by age 40. But, yeah, I lived most of my life in that space. So yeah. um, it, is, it is it is it, it can be it, it can be it can be crippling. And the reason why I asked about th this question specifically is because as as a child, that that, that that's where we're, where we're shaped. And of course, three, all of us come from different backgrounds. And I know for, 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 for me personally, you know, um, I didn't grow up with a silver spoon in my mouth. I, I didn't grow up with two parents being in the household. So when I went to school and I would see people um, or my, my uh, classmates getting dropped off by two parents or them showing up for, you know, a recital or them showing up from them being in a play, you know, I... I, I started I started doubting myself worth back then. OK, so I, I know for a fact that 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 is where it starts. I'm sorry, Vosh, you were getting ready to say something. Vosh, were you getting ready to say something, Vosh? I'm. Yes, I was. And, you know, give me a sign that for some reason I'm cutting out. But I have to say that, you know, growing up as a black, black male, with black parents who were given opportunities 
at the ages that they were given opportunities. I mean, we're all in our 50s, which means that our parents are in their 70s and 80s, which means that they were the beneficiaries of a lot of the civil rights movement, a lot of the things like, uh, I would say from the action, but a lot of opportunities were given to them to perform in certain jobs. And I know as a child, I was always told that as a black male, you are going to have to be twice as good as your white counterparts to be seen as equal. So at that age, there was definitely a, 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 a an equation of my performance to my self-worth. Right, right. You know, so that is definitely something that was that was put upon me as a child, for sure. I still carry that. I mean, so, so it's as, so great that we're talking about that. So as an adult, I, I, I can I can say from this conversation, as an adult, and if you were facing fear, one of the things that you need to do um, as an individual, you have to separate um, yourself. You have to separate yourself from your performance. You, because you can go out here and, and, and I'm gonna use uh, singing in a choir, okay? If you go out here thinking that you need to impress, some, you need to impress that congregation, you're not going to hone in on the fact that you are a good singer, that you are a good singer and the confidence that's in you to open your mouth and belt out a, um, you know, a, 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 the right note, if you're so honed in on, you know, your, you know, uh, you know, thinking that, thinking that you're doing it for them and not for yourself, you're automatically setting yourself up for failure. Fear has already set into the point where you're doubting yourself. So that that's something that people need to um, really hone in on. I'm I'm hearing a, a, a slight feedback, so excuse me, you all. If I hit my my ear. I feel like I'm, I'm hearing a little bit of popcorn. Okay. Okay. I'm sorry. I, I'm, I'm right here. So, <laughs> so, so I want to talk about the people, the, the type of fear that causes you to feel like you need to impress other people. I, I want to talk about that type of fear. I want our audience. I want to speak to that type of fear that you're so afraid of, of, of doing what you're doing then you all you want to do is 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 impress other people and set yourself up for failure. I want to talk about that that kind of fear. So for 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 me, and again, we 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 travel in 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 in, in different circles. We come from three different backgrounds. So we're gonna have three different um, experiences on on here. So I'm just gonna say straight up. If you want to fight fear, you have to stop trying to impress people. You have to be who you are. You cannot, you cannot have hone fear and not and, and live your life trying to impress other people. So that 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 is that that is a um a, a trait that people who um experience performance fear, that is something that 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 they often encounter. That that is a, a characteristics of performance fear. I'm sorry. Yeah, and, I'm and I want to interject. There's a difference. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Keep talking. Yeah, me? I can hear you. Mm -hmm. Perfect. Uh, I want to interject that there's a difference between uh, being afraid that you're not going to impress someone and wanting to do your absolute best. There's a big difference there because one of them definitely wants to propel you into the arena to make sure that you're even playing. Uh, the other one just puts way too much pressure and it's comparing you to something that doesn't need to be compared to. Because if you're going out to do something, your action and doing it is really enough to push you to make you grow because you're never gonna be the same person that you were. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That, that is true. Uh, uh, another point. Oh, go ahead, Jock. Go ahead. Yeah, I wanted to offer this into the space. And Bosch, I know you've done some fabulous transformation work. And I think this is a... Alvin, thank you so much for introducing this topic, because I think we could talk for hours and hours and show... I would love to have a special show just where we focus on this. Because for me, having done the transformation work, and I know, Bosch, you're the, our resident and subject matter expert in this, so I would love your, uh, love your feedback. But it really, for me, it's centered on when I focused on being as opposed 
to doing and growing up again in that whole baby boomer culture where it was all about performance. And there was so much of me that I just felt like a fraud that I felt like no matter what I would, you know, it reminds me of the song, the Janet Jackson song, what have you done for me lately, right? So it was only good as my recent success. Uh, and what I came to realize, and, and mostly through my transformation journey, that I am neither the sum total of my successes or my failures, and I've had some right. epic failures, Right. But I realized that that's just um, a reflection of my life journey. And it really isn't about doing, but it's coming to peace with the being. And once I really settled or aligned to who I was being, the doing didn't matter. And, you know, I went through, I went through all the, I went through all the BS. I had to have the German cars. I had to have, you know, a certain home and, you know, my wife. When I was married, my wife and then to my husband, which is, that's a whole nother show. Okay. It was all about the image and keeping up with yeah. the Joneses, which is so, you know, which is so culturally American. And um, I am so grateful for all of my epic failures, which allowed me to free myself from it because I couldn't keep up. And, right. you know, after a while, you know, when I crashed and burned, you know, that was the beginning of, uh, of a beautiful way of being for me. And I know that, that now in the space in which I live, it's just such a celebration and it's such a joy. And I'm happy. I'm truly happy and content and satisfied with me. And, you know, I, I, in my, I got this from my life coach that other people's, other people's opinions of me is none of my business. Mm -hmm. And when I truly took that to heart, it was so liberating. But and again, Vash, I know that you've been in the space for for quite some time, and, and I'm sure that you've had you know experience uh, coaching clients through this. But my experience was, oh my God, everybody's afraid, and everybody thinks yeah. they're a fraud, and and it's, it doesn't matter what's on your resume because there was so much ne negative self talk I was giving myself that when right. I finally freed myself from that, I just noticed. Hey, I'd much rather be in this space than be in that other space trying to impress the Joneses and you know the Smiths and all these other people. Well, because fear can be also be a saboteur. It, it can oh, it can it, it, it can sabotage it can sabotage anything that 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 you do. So um, we're going to move to our next our next type of fear that we want to talk about. But um, wanna, I, I want to close this segment by saying that. Um, we talked about performance. Um, one, one way to com combat your fear is to uh, tap into your heart and put your service over your performance. Okay, that, that, that is, that is mm -hmm. extremely key for, for overcoming uh, your fear of your performance fear. Our second point that, or type of fear that we wanna talk about tonight is projection fear. When other people project their fears on you, that, that's when you're at that impressionable, that impressionable stage. And what, you know, you kind of alluded to that, um, Jacques, you know, uh, again, be, being, being married and having a boyfriend. And, and so that, that, that also plays in, 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 in of, of what you were just saying. But um, um, it's also a way of living with your fears that are not yours. When other people project their insecurities upon you and they project their fears on you making you making you think that something's wrong with you and believe me if if i know i've had that happen uh by family i've had that happen in relationships and so i know that that is that that is something that i'm going to say every human being on this earth has experienced what about you Boss, i'm sorry are we, we getting a delay yeah most definitely. I was going to say, most definitely. We all get that, right? We all get that, and it's put upon us, but we just have to change our relationship to that fear. You know, uh, someone has been saying, a few people have been saying in the comments that fear isn't real. There's one definition using fear as an acronym saying that it's false evidence appearing real, and that's really kind of what it is. You know, yeah, I, and wow, we have to I'm, change our relationship to it. I'm sitting here looking at, hey, Jeffrey, hey, Carl, hey, Shalita. Um, Jeffrey, I'm going to read something that Jeffrey just said. Jeffrey says, there's no greater reward than being your true, authentic self. Through doing that, 
is when you will inspire others to do the same. That feeling is the greatest accomplishment. Congratulations, guys. <laughs> Love you, Alvin B. King. I'm sorry. <laughs> hey, Jeffrey, thank you. No, and 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 I, that that is true. And <laughs> and I think that um, in 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 saying all of that, we have to stop letting people plant a seed in your head that's not good for you. And and that's surrounding yourself with the type of people that can encourage you that 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 you don't subscribe to what they're doing. But some of that has to come from you being um, uh, um, aware of who you have around you. Now, exactly. And, and Alvin, can I say something here? I think it's important um, as, so first of all, again, amazing topic. Uh, and as we are going through this process of self-discovery, um, mm -hmm. you know, the grace part is we don't know what we don't know. Um, that is true. And, but as you know, like my grandmother says, when you know better, you do better. And so right. I know from my own life journey, again, just a lot of those fears were put on me by my family. And uh, it, it took me years to like peel back the layers of the onion and recognize, hey, wait a minute, this is not even my thing. I got this from, from, you know, from Big Mama and she's been gone for, you know, like right. 40, 50 years, you know what I'm saying? So, right. uh, and that's why I think that, you know, doing personal transformation work is so rewarding because you get to become the best version of you. And, you know, like that other saying, you can't see the picture when you're in the frame. So you don't right. even know what's impacting you. I didn't even know what was impacting me until I started doing the work. And I'm like, well, right. wait a minute. Well, that's not my and that's not mine either. And just a lot of the shame. And, and again, and I know we will get to this in future shows, but, you know, for those of us who are um, who are members of the Rainbow Tribe and where we realize, hey, there's no shame. In, this is who I am. This is who's source, universe, God, whatever your title is, created me to be. So why am I going to feel any shame about this? Right. And I know when I came out and I was comfortable with me then everybody around me was comfortable with me. But when I, I took on what I perceived other people felt in terms of, you know, the guilt and shame that I should feel marginalized or less than, you know, when, when I thought that that was the mindset, that's what I took on. And I realized that I was living a marginalized, uh, a marginalized life. But the minute I freed myself from that, everybody around my, in my circle you know, no longer reflected that. And so it showed me that I really get to create my own reality and my own world. And um, I can even invite fear, as you were saying, or I can invite faith. I can invite- Well, and, 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 and I'm sorry to cut love. you off, Jacques, but we have, to, we have to tell people, and what you've just said, what I heard from you was that, you know, we have to stop internalizing other people's failures of, of something that you want that, of of something that you want to accomplish. So you, you're into, if somebody's telling you things that, to make you believe that you're not better than who you are, then you're internalizing that. So at what point of our lives do we say, okay, we need to stop that. We, 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 we need to, again, going back to being aware, you cannot do anything if you don't know that it's actually going on. So you, 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 you can't do that. So, um, yes. I, I, I need to, I'm sorry, if, if you don't, I, I need to go to this third question so we, we can say, we, um, because we're having some difficulties here and I, I want to make sure that, that we keep going for our first show, ladies and gentlemen. If anybody knows me, you know that I'm going to keep the ball rolling, okay? I, I'm going to keep this, this, this train moving. So our third uh, uh, <laughs> fear that we're going to talk about is, <laughs> is past fear past fear. And that, that is um, yeah. um, the experience of your past that is keeping you from experiencing your future. Something that's holding you back from moving forward. I want to talk... Most definitely. How many times how many times have you got up to do something and you thought, wow, I, I didn't do it right the last time so I don't know if it's going to work this time. How often has that happened? I'm not going to oh submit God, this man. document today. I'm not going to apply for this job again. It's here. It's the reason why somebody else didn't get it, but it's also a reason why maybe you didn't you didn't do something right the first time. But you're you're home up in my fear says I didn't get it the first time, so I'm not going to do it. Again. Yeah, if I, I apply for that right now. Saying 
earlier, Melvin. I think it, was what we, it goes back to what you were saying earlier. And, and I think this fear is closely connected with performance fear because we established that track record. And when that track record becomes negative and there's some negative setbacks, we internalize that and we use that to hold us back rather than just looking at it and say, hey, that was just an experience. Try it again. It's like that you know, little uh, adage that we used to say in, in elementary school, if at first you don't succeed, try, try again. Simple, but profound, but it's amazing how many adults, you know, will have a setback and then mm -hmm. use that as a barrier saying, oh, well, I tried that, that's not gonna work. So I'm just gonna kind of stay in my lane or I'm gonna stay small, or I'm not gonna go for that thing that I really truly want. So I think you're absolutely right. If, well, if, if, you, if you don't, my, my, my thing with, 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 with past fear, and I, my, my example of it goes back, I mean, years. For those of us who lived in DC, there's a school called Duke Ellington School of the Performing Arts. In the sixth grade, my mother didn't sign the paper for me to go. In my mind, I knew if I went to Duke Ellington, I would be standing beside um, Denzel Washington today. That, 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 that was my, my thought, but she didn't let me go. And so for years, I lived in the past that anything that I wanted to do in other schools that they were doing in Duke Ellington, I wasn't good enough. I was, and the past held me back for so long okay. that as I became an adult, it impacted, it impacted everything that I did as an adult. So the fear, you know, the fear of the past, ladies and gentlemen, can hold you back, but you need to recognize it and you need to do something about it. I'm not going to get into like therapy and all that because that, that is a whole nother topic. We all know that, that, that we, we, <laughs> we, 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 we can talk about, but um, is, is there anything that you guys, um, you know, want, want to close on, on, on this topic? Because I mean, we, we, can, we can run the gamut on and we will probably come back to this at some point, but I just wanted to get on the table that fear is real and you need to recognize it and you need to, if it's in your life, that you, you need to find a way to remove it. And, and, and there is one more thing that I wanna say that I got from Trent that he said, or one of his podcasts that was really profound to me. He said, if you are living in, if you are living in faith, you cannot operate in fear. Amen, Amen. no, okay. absolutely. Okay. I, I'm a huge Trent okay. Shelton fan, you know. Um, but I, that that really struck me too, Alvin. That was the you know hit it out of the ballpark closer right there. Out of all the topics and points that he was making, when he got to that point, when he when he said that to me, I wanted to get it branded on a T-shirt. Okay, uh, you know what? Because I I operate in faith. You know, I I completely operate in faith, and you know, I I think if I didn't have it, I would be curled up in a corner, especially after this year because some things have happened that have scared the living daylights out of me, okay? So I'm, we're gonna close on that point on, on our topic for, for tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Um, but, um, and, and I wanna move on to our next, um, our next segment of the show, which we're calling the pop-up, ladies and gentlemen. And, and the pop-up um, for this week, we're gonna talk about the Emmys. We're going to talk about the Emmys. Um, this is a segment of the show where we will generally talk about, you know, things in pop culture that, that, we, want to, that we want to share with you. But um, tonight we want to talk about the Emmys because unlike 2019, when all the black people were shut out of the Emmys, and the Emmys is like one of the most looked at television award shows in the world. First of all, let's see what you got on. But you were always sure that at least three black people would win something, okay? But in 2019, it was just awful. 20 got better. 21, 21, we are in the major categories, ladies and gentlemen. So I just want, let, let's start off first, okay? First of all, kudos to Hamilton, best motion picture comedy or musical, because, I, you know, there was a lot of, there was a lot of- That was bringing hip hop to truly there was a lot of folks who couldn't see hamilton because of the ticket okay and thank god that what is it uh amazon prime or whatever what is it prime whatever whatever disney. Station is it on. Was disney. Disney. disney okay disney for six dollars 
you can see a ticket that I spent $900 for, okay? So, and it's good, but it has nominated, I mean, and to see an all black cast like that, if you're into theater and you look at, and you go, you go to Broadway, that was just amazing. So thank goodness. And after how many years has it been running? At least eight? eight? I'm not sure, but it, it's been running for quite some time. For quite Hamilton's some time. been it's running not, for a while. Right. It's, it's, it's nominated, not eight. God, I'm dating myself. At least five. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's not, well, it's nominated for Emmy. And, 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 and the next, um, you know, Emmy Award that um, nomination that we want to talk about is somebody who's near and dear to my heart. She, she holds my last name, Regina King. Okay. She's a beast. She's, She's a beast. beast. She's a beast. And she's nominated for the best director award for One Night in Miami. Have you guys seen One Night in Miami? Have you seen I that have. yet? Have you seen it? No. Vosh, I'm coming up to Philadelphia. We, we need to see, see that together, okay? You need to see One Night in Miami. It's a, Regina. it's a powerful movie. I, I love what she does. She's brilliant. I mean, we've been watching, I've been watching Regina King since 227, right? You know, and so just to see her growth and <laughs> see her development, but really in this, what she does to this, to this movie, it, it is pure art. It is pure brilliance. Um, and she deserves, uh, yeah, she deserves, she, she, she should win. In fact, she, she should sweet. She should, if she was nominated for an Oscar, and I can't remember if she was nominated for an Oscar for that. I think she was. I think she, I think, I think what I read this morning is that she is one of the most uh, nominated African-American actors. Um, and well, rightfully so. I mean, she's, she's absolutely brilliant. Uh, what the and I, the thing I like about this movie, um, Alvin and Bosch, is that yet it's a, another example of um, black artists who get to tell our story. Story, you know, exactly. we saw that in like Hidden mm -hmm. Figures. We saw mm -hmm. that in other movies. We saw that, you know, in terms of expanding mm -hmm. the artistic creative space to allow the general public to learn more about our our history and really allow right. us to tell our own stories. So I thought I thought she was absolutely brilliant. Well, she she she's definitely deserving of the award and Vosh, we got to make sure that you see it. The next major category, ladies and gentlemen, is the best performance by an actor actress in a motion picture drama. Viola Davis in Ma Rainey's Black Bottom and Audra Day in the United States versus Billie Holiday, which comes out today on Hulu. It's not even out. And Audra Day is nominated for Emmy because I heard her performance is absolutely incredible. And for those of you who don't know uh, Audra Day, she's a, actually, she's a singer. Yeah, and, and, and she sings a song, Rise Up, that everybody tries to sing better than her, but, 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 but they can't. Um, but um, she, both of them are nominated. Have you seen Ma Rainey's uh, Black Bottom? Have any of you seen that? I haven't, but I, I'm, yes. I've been a fan of Lee Daniels yes. for forever, okay. and he's a personal okay. friend. And, and Lee has this penchant for finding unknown talent and launching them powerfully into the creative space. And that talent just goes on to do some amazing things. And so, uh, I, I, you know, little uh, side story there. So. Uh, my ex-wife is one of Lee's best friends. They were like the original Black Will and Grace. And so mm -hmm. they've been chatting about the movie. So Nikki and I are going to watch the movie uh, this weekend. So looking well, forward to it. Please let me know. I haven't seen it. And it's as ironic as she's nominated. Lee Daniels is not nominated for a, um, a, a, a Best Director Award, which I find that to be kind of strange. Um, our, next, our next performance is by an actor in a motion picture and is the late Chadwick Boseman, also for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Um, he's going to win. Yeah. Period. I, I, yeah. In fact, he was my yeah, like all-time... My, he's in my like top ten all time crushes. <laughs> uh, I will always love him. I think he's amazing. Uh, the world he, lost a true, lost a true talent. However, the world has been blessed with some amazing talent in Chadwick Boseman, and I think he is absolutely phenomenal. And actually, you know, my favorite Chadwick movie is James Brown. Oh my god! Yeah. Excellent, is, excellent, that, excellent. Yes, excellent, excellent, excellent. Yes. Well, yes. everything he's ever touched. First of all, everything yeah. that he's put his hands on and the fact that he did Ma Rainey 
Black Bottom while he was in the condition that he was in. And I think he did two other movies after that. And one of them, he produced the movie. And so, you know, again, he's going to win deservingly so. And and the last to round out our our nominees for um, our African-American or people of color nominees for the Emmys this weekend is, is my boy, Leslie Odom Jr. He is in One Night in Miami and mm-hmm. he plays Sam Cooke. And he kicks, he, all the actors are great, but I thought I was looking at Sam Cooke. I was like, if he didn't, doesn't wow. get nominated, I'm going to be pissed. So no, he to was see brilliant. him here- he was absolutely brilliant. It was amazing. To see him here, yeah. amazing. But I do have yeah. one issue. I do have one issue with the Emmys. Can you believe that Brigginson was not nominated for anything? No, no. that is my, fa- oh my God. So first of all, we can't first of all, there, but I will tell you, you um, yeah, nothing. I, I love Chandra. Kudos to Chandra Rhyme. She gets snapped. She gets everything. I've, I've watched that series like three times all the way through. <laughs> Everybody's amazing. Everybody is amazing. But I, I, I don't. Un- but you know what? And, and so I, I, I and you guys are, are more the creatives than I. So I will gladly defer to you. But I think that there's so much content now in the space that it is certainly difficult to, uh, you know, to pare down the content in terms of looking at all these award-winning performances. I think that's the good aspect of, you know, life in the 21st century, that there's so much content available. I think the other side is, you know, that Hollywood is still Hollywood and, you know, what, and, and you alluded to it at the, uh, you know, at the top of this piece, Alvin, mm-hmm. that what I want to see is a normalization uh, as opposed to, you know, there's a total whiteout and no people of color being nominated. Then Hollywood kind of realizes that and then they nominate all these, you know, people of color. Mm-hmm. So I'd love to see a space in which it's just normalized and there is a an, uh, an expectation among us that we're going to get acknowledged. Uh, and again, America is, feel, you know, is feeling its way through its racial reckoning. And this is a part of it. But we all remember when the Oscars were lily white, when Golden Globes were lily oh, white, and we just re- had to remember, kind of take vaccines. Remember, remember when? Yeah. Has something changed? Well, I'm just saying, remember last year. Or okay, two. I was going to say, I, I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure that the Oscars, I'm not sure. I'm not sure that the Oscars have changed, but but I'll I'll take your word for it because um, in my opinion, the Oscars still have some diversity proning to do. Okay, they, that, 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 that's well, the just thing me. is, the, well, the thing is, the way that these nominations happen is by the, you know, the committees watching the projects. And sometimes there's so much for them to filter through that they only watch what people talk about. So what's happening is, is that we're forcing them to watch the content in order for them to even be able to nominate it. So keep up the chatter whenever a project comes well, okay, and I'm, I, before we move on to this, because we're going to go to our, our next next segment. But if we're talking about Bridgerton, um, Bridgerton, Bridgerton, um, Shonda Rhimes made Netflix more money than any series that they've had on their show. Mm-hmm. So if it's about money and, and not Sean and Chandra, mm-hmm. okay, I don't I don't know what it is, but Bridgerton should have been in there somewhere, if not. If, 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 if nothing else, just let um, Renee John introduce something. And I'm going to move right on to, 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 to next, um, uh, our next segment. Of, uh, As um, we move on, I would love I'm, to I'm, I'm going to move on to, to, to the next. Okay. Um, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to, we have a segment of our show that we want, that we, we feel that we need to um, uh, recognize Black achievement. In, in, in this segment of the show, um, it doesn't necessarily have to be anyone famous. It doesn't, it could be someone that we have decided deserves that recognition. It could be the guy, the, the principal who was working in Walmart for his, um, to raise money for his students. If we could get him on the show, and I think I saw him on, 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 on NNPA this week. I, I was, I was thinking, wow, if I could just talk to him. But at any rate, our, um, our black uh, excellence, um, uh, our black 
excellent achievement nominee this week, ladies and gentlemen. We decided that it's going to be Tiger Woods because it has been a terrible week for, um, you know, with, with Tiger Woods having the accident. Yeah. But even with the accident and what he's gone through, it cannot diminish the achievements that this man has made in golf. Okay. He has, I don't play golf. Yes. So other than hitting that ball with a stick, I don't know anything about that, but I can tell you um, right off the bat that he has 81 PGA tour wins under his belt. Mm -hmm. Okay. I can tell yep. you, <laughs> I can tell you that his victories include four master tournaments, four PGA championships, three U.S. Open championships, three British Open championships. No one has done that. Keep going. Keep okay. going. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I was, no. I, I was trying. No. Okay. <laughs> but with his second <laughs> Masters victory in 2001, Tiger became the first golfer ever to hold all four professional major championships at the same time. And in April of 2019, at the his, same greatest, time. his greatest comeback, in sports history was completed on a Sunday afternoon um, at a little past 320, they say in Augusta, Georgia. And after, um, and after uh, four back surgeries and some personal scandals that forced him to hit rock bottom, he made it all the way back and claimed his fifth master's title, finishing 13 under par. Tiger Woods is by far the greatest golfer of all time and we wish him well and and thank you danielle danielle said goat that's right girl goat okay I, I, does that apply to golf just go i don't know <laughs> again I don't, I, don't, I don't know 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 but um but we we want you to know that we are recognizing uh tiger tiger we hope that you are recovering well and 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 we send out our prayers to you we we, we really do so um Whoa, guys, so hold on, hold on. We, we got a few minutes and I, I wanna hear from you all right now. I wanna hear, I, I wanna do something. We, we got a couple of minutes and I want the audience to know a little bit about you two that you haven't shared with them, if, 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 if this is a good time to do that. So I'm gonna start with you, Vosh. What was your question? <laughs> no, because you broke up. We're having such technical difficulties. Oh, you broke up at just those key points. Okay. okay. I, I, I said... Uh, what I do want to say, let me say this. Okay. Let me say, yeah, let me say this. Because I want to tie back to our topic, Tiger Woods. You know, we said he, he had rock bottom. He had scandals. He had injuries. You know, when we talk about all the different levels of fear that would kick in, he overcame all of them because of who he is, but also because he wanted to get back to playing. Playing is such an important part of overcoming fears, whether it's playing to play, whether it's playing just because you want to get back into something, just because you want to challenge or something. His level of excellence is not just the way that he does it, it's the way that he just does it. And I know that, the, you know what I mean? And I just want to acknowledge him as we celebrate him, that he's an inspiration. He's an inspiration. Absolutely. No, I, I, and Combat he reminds in the me of that uh, there's you a know. quote uh, by Teddy Roosevelt, um, and it is also the title of Brown, one of Benet Brown's newest books, Daring Greatly. Tiger is in the arena. And when you're in the arena, you're not a spectator. And so whether you win, whether you lose, and most of the time in the arena, you get knocked down. Get knocked but down. it's not about the knocking down. It's in the getting back up. And what Tiger has done consistently again and again and again yes. is get back up. And that's what makes you a champion. And that's what makes you an icon. And that's why he deserves you know, all the accolades and all the praises because he got back up. And he's in the arena. And so many people can sit on the sidelines and be spectators and have comfortable seats. But until you're in the arena getting your ass kicked, um, you know, I, I, in my perspective, I don't think you have the ability or the standing to comment on those of us. And I'm saying all of us because all three of us 
skin in the arena every day and it's a scary thing which is a which is fear which is what we've been talking about uh, but you know the fact that we keep getting up like tiger gets keep keeps getting up like other people keep getting up who's in the arena and i think that that is the you know aspirational point that we can seize upon and that we can use that as a roadmap for how we get uh, as a different way of being um you know that 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 we get to become so absolutely well and and, and clearly i'm not downplaying his um yep. his um absolutely. his illness at all but he has he was transferred to cedar cyanide hospital today which is so that he can begin therapy uh on on you know walking again and and with his feet and and thank you as soon as i asked i said i didn't know what what a goat was keith Keith Branch, thank you. A goat is greatest of all time. So yes, Tiger. Okay, Tiger's a goat. Okay, Ty, so the greatest of all times. Thank you so much, Keith, um, for 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 letting let, letting me know that. Well, um, ladies and gentlemen, we 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 are narrowing down the stretch to the end of our show, and and we want to share some things with you because we're still in the building process, and so I just want to let you know of a couple of things that 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 is going to be happening. We're, we're going to, um, the show, the way we structured the show is we're going to get, let you know what we're going to be talking about next week. And once we build our, um, our group chat, we're going to have a, a group page on Facebook. We're going to have an IG account. We're going to have a Gmail account. And we'll tell you hopefully what that is next week. And we would like for you to answer a question. And if you're really, if, if, it's, if it's a question that you really think that you want to answer, we will, we will tape you and bring you on and you can ask, you can read the question and then answer it. So we will have the capability to, to do that. So um, we're, we're in the process of building that because we're trying to make sure that our brand is tight. And, um, and so far um, I, I have two guys that are making sure that, 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 it's seamless. And so I know that's, I wanted to share that, that with you. I also wanted to let you all know that next Tuesday, this coming Tuesday, I'm going to be on the Ask Alma show. Ask Alma is also on um, NNPA and she has her Tuesday show. I've been on her show a couple of times. And I think they're now labeling me the bow tie man or something like that, because I've decided that I'm just going to wear bow ties on her show every time I go in there. But um, Ask Alma is, is, is a, a mighty, um, Powerful shows. I'm going to be on there uh, on on her show next week. And also, I I want to let everybody know that uh, our next uh, topic or our topic for next week is going to be the power of love. And and don't 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 be getting all mushy, yes. y'all, because we're going to put a couple of spins on what we think <laughs> the power of love is. Okay. Okay, we we we're gonna put our little spin on it so so that we we let you all know what it is. But next week is called the power of love. And also, guys, I do want to ask you a question that I have been getting a lot of questions about why season? Why are we season? Why are we season? We got two minutes. Why are we season? And I <laughs> why are we why do we consider ourselves season? No, no, no. That I well they I've been getting that question ever since we put all this information out. Um but why 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 are we considered season? So let, let me read what I think the definition is that applied to us and you tell me if it is. I think that season describes a person who has been around forever doing what they do and doing it well throughout the seasons. They have lots of experience and can handle just about anything that comes their way. Now, whether I can do it or not, there's a lot of people who think that I that I'm seasoned. Okay, I, that, that's when I when I thought about putting or putting this into the show, ladies and gentlemen. This was what came up for me. Now, I haven't I've talked to the guys about it, but if y'all want to share your you know your opinion on it, you know you got about thirty seconds to do that. Uh, but that that's what season is to us. You know, I, like, we, I we, like your definition. I, yeah. I I wouldn't add anything to it. I mean, we, mm -hmm. we've got lived experiences uh, of over a hundred and over a hundred and fifty years between the three of us. Really longer, but I'm just being generous. <laughs> but we're still here. We are. We're still here, and we're still smiling. And we're still thriving, and we've learned. Uh, and so, absolutely, all of these these collective. Uh, lived experiences have created some seasoning 
and have created a lot of experience and have created, uh, you know, uh, ways of being that we look forward to sharing with our viewing audience. So absolutely. Well, we will definitely be back next week. Um, yeah. We are about to close, ladies and gentlemen. And I do want to give a shout out to our producer, uh, uh, Mr. Norm Rich, who is just exceptional. And before we go, we want to leave you with, with some words that we thought that, that you would know for this week. Don't feel bad uh, for outgrowing people who had the chance to grow with you. All right. And on that note, ladies and gentlemen, he said, he said, the premiere show is out. Thank you for joining us. I'm Alvin King, your host, Jacques Whitfield, Bosch um, uh, Bodhi, our Bosch Bodhi. Did I say Bosch? Oh, did, did I say, did I say, did I, you know what? Ladies you got me just right. It's time I, to go. All Bye, the way to the last, the last <laughs> Everybody have a good night and we hope to see you next week. Please come back again for He Said, He Said, He Said. Have a See good everybody. Night. Good night. <laughs>